Here's the pitch. Oliver wants to throw. He's got Lance Powell open. Hot. 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The Buffaloes at four on a 53-yard pass from O.C. Oliver to Lance Powell. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has to a new Buff Stampede radio. Adam Munster-Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com here with football analyst William Gardner. And we have a fun show on tap for you today. William, we're going to do the all-time CU football draft. We've both done a little prep work here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts going into this? Well, going into it, you know, I was thinking more in terms of the names that I've known from my time in the bus. But what really kind of uh, impressed me was – how many really good players CU has had over the years uh, in terms of like NFL draft picks and all Americans and stuff like that. We're a really impressive football program, you know, and you wouldn't know it from the last 10 to 12 years, but my goodness, we've had some quite a few players. And I should say, I, I, I hired myself a general manager, Matt Nippies, Nippies 13 from the board uh, did most of my real homework for me, figuring out, uh, all, making my list of players at each at each position. So all if right. things go well, it's on me. If things are screwed up, it's on <laughs> Matt. Well, it's going to be pretty simple. We're going to do a coin toss and whoever wins that gets to pick first and we'll go back and forth. And we're going to take one quarterback, a running back, three receivers, one tight end, five offensive linemen. And then we're going to take seven defense alignment and linebackers. You can pick a 3-4 or 4-3. Just make sure, William, you take at least three defense alignment yeah. and two corners, two safety. So pretty standard football team. And then we're going to do specialists as well. This should be quite a bit of fun. You can pick players from any era. And if they at one time played that position during their time in Boulder, you can pick them for that position. So I don't know if you want to have a jumbo tight end package with Nate Solder or you want to put – Bobby Anderson at quarterback or running back. So yeah, you can pretty much, yeah. So this should be a lot of fun. William, I'm going to let you do the coin toss. Are you thinking heads or tails? Uh, I'm going to take tails. It's heads. It's heads. Oh, man. So that gives me the first pick. The and monster tigers are on the clock. I, I got a quick answer here. And this, this one was not difficult for me. I'm going to take Alfred Williams with my first pick. Wow. Okay. That, that, that was actually one of my, my top two as well. Okay. Um, so I already know that that makes it easy for me because I had two guys at my number one spot. So my first pick is going to be Cordell Stewart. Okay. And that's 
allows me to maybe wait. Oh, it does allow me to wait on my quarterback now. Yeah, that's what I was like. You know, there's basically one quarterback and then one other guy. There's only two that I really thought of. And, you know, if you picked Cordell first, I'd just wait till the end and get the one I want, the other one. There you go. It's funny. I had Cordell Stewart number two on my board. So had you gone first and Alfred Williams wasn't there, I would have done the same exact thing. Obviously, he led CU to a pair of top 10 regular season finishes. Still second in program history in total offense behind Safa Lufau. I don't think anybody can disagree with your pick there. With Alfred well, Williams, obviously he leads the, the program with 35 sacks. In, in fact, there's only one other buff that's recorded more than 25 sacks in his career at CU. So he leads that and is, is head, head and shoulders in terms of pass rusher in program history. Yeah, and then, you know, my thinking was probably along the same lines as yours. The two things that seem to me, in my experience of football, that most impact a team in a season are a quarterback and a pass rusher. No doubt. I mean, and I mean an elite pass rusher. You know, like we've said many times, that 2016 season doesn't happen without Jimmy Gilbert. Yeah. So. And, and Alfred gives me a little flexibility here because I, I can peg him at either D-end or outside linebacker if you'll allow that. He played both sure. during his time, didn't he? Uh, no, they were – they were well, they called it a 5-2 back then, but it's, it was essentially what we call a 3-4 now. So he so, and Nathan McGee were stand-up outside linebackers. So in the he spirit of this – He played defensive end for the Broncos. That, okay, that's a confusion. So should I only have him at outside backer then? Should I just peg him in there? Uh, yeah, I don't think he ever played that in college. Okay, so I think that's well, that's good to know. Him. All right. He's, he's slated in there at outside linebacker. And it comes back to me. Another guy I'm excited to, to welcome to the squad is Rashawn Salam. Obviously the only Heisman Trophy winner in program history. Just the fourth player in NCAA history at the time to go over 2,000 yards in a season. 6.29 yards per carry average. I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm to, and I already know who you're going to pick as your running back, and now you can wait on that. Uh, and so that's going to lead me to to follow my original strategy, and I'm going to take the only other guy who's had uh, – what was the number of sacks, over 25 sacks? Yeah. Uh, which is Ron Wolfork. Okay. Okay, I had him on my board as well, but a little bit lower down. But, no, he's, he's a guy that, as we've been doing more history stuff here recently, really is a guy that maybe isn't appreciated as much as he should be. Right, you know, he he's the second leading all-time sack uh, leader in, in CU history, and he was actually a second-round draft pick, which people probably don't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, a lot of things got remi- I got reminded of. I remember a guy I played with uh, who has the all-time uh, sack season record, which is Dan McMillan, had 15 in 1986 the turnaround year for for bill mccartney just goes again to show you what a top level pass rush will do for you yeah there might be the casual cu fan that thinks alfred williams is head and shoulders better pick than ron wolfert but ron wolf had 33 that's only two less than alfred williams had in his career yeah he he was a dominant player right came right after that uh group of um mcgee canavis mcgee and alfred williams so Hopefully people do their homework and see where I'm yeah. going with it. With my next pick, I'm going to take the only tight end to win the John Mackey Award in, in program history, and that's Daniel Graham as my tight end. 
And that weekend, we talked again, uh, Matt and I talked again about strategy. And, and, and so since we're only picking two tight ends, I can leave tight end till the end as well and get the guy, get the other guy I want. Cause I think there's, there's two tight ends in this conference. Well, if you're an old timer, there's others, but I know who I'm going to pick, but I don't have to pick them till the end. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, back to me, back to you. So now I'm going to, my next pick is going to give uh, Cordell somebody to throw to, and I'm going to go with wide receiver, Michael Westbrook. He was next on my board. I think that's an excellent selection there. Two-time All-American, soon to be a college football Hall of Fame inductee. You know, I know, you know, there's, there's debate on the board. Is, is he or LaVisca the better player? Hard to say, different, different kinds of players, but Michael Westbrook was every bit as uh, dominant back in the, in the 90s as LaVisca was the last couple of years. I've got a surprise pick right here. It's going <laughs> it's, it's to surprise you and the listeners here. I am with my fourth selection. I'm going to go with Byron Wizard White as a punch returner. You know that's it's funny because I was looking, so I looked up the all-time leading punt returners, and uh, Wizard is number two, and Super yeah. Campbell is number one. Yeah, there, there's 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 more strategy in here too. Obviously, he was a three-way player in football. He was a three-sport star at CU. Served in the Navy during World War II, was awarded two Bronze Stars, spent 31 years as a Justice of the Supreme Court. Yes, he played in the 1930s, but the main reason I'm picking Byron Wizard White, I mean, he's got an amazing nickname, obviously, and he was a great player back in the day, but leadership. He's going to be nice. top-notch yeah. leader on this he's football squad. He's a star in the Navy and, and, a, and a, a, a lifetime Justice on the Supreme Court. Gosh, he didn't do much in his life, that guy. I know. Somebody had a great point on the message board that you read his, his Wikipedia page. It's like, that should be like 10 people's lives right there. Right. It, it, 10, it, 10 really accomplished people's lives, not just 10 ordinary people. Well, you know, and, and uh, Joe Romig's another guy like that, too, uh, who was an All-American, a, a Rhodes Scholar, you know, uh, and then an engineer. And some of these guys, you look at their, you know, like, wow, they make me feel like a loser. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, Wizard White had 973 punt return yards. I think you said Sufi Campbell, but it was actually Charlie Greer that had the – Oh, uh, right, right, right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And he was, only, he was only two yards behind being still to this day the all-time punt re return leader, returned three punts for a touchdown. So uh, he, he legit was a punt return guy at CU. So yeah, not, he kind of, did, kind of did everything. Kind of did everything. All right, where, well, where are you headed here? So – I am going to continue at the wide receiver spot, and I'm going to take LaVisca Chenault. Okay. Obviously, if it was not for injuries, he would have, in the fact that he left early, I mean, he would have broken a lot of records, win healthy, one of the, I would say, probably the most versatile and dynamic player I've covered. There's another guy I'm thinking about, a receiver that I've covered during my time at CU that, that's up there too, but that's, that's a good pick. What, what went into your thinking there? Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, you got to have a philosophy here. I mean, it, hopefully you want to pick a, a balanced team that's good on both sides of the ball, but you got a dynamic quarterback. And, and now i got two really big, really dynamic receivers for him to throw to to, to have some weapons. So, uh, you know, one of the hallmarks of that 1990 national championship team was all the different weapons they had on offense. So looking at looking at different ways, I think Michael Westbrook's more traditional wide receiver and LaVisca's a guy that you can do a lot of different things with. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. 
All right, well, I'm looking at your team, and, and I'm worried about Ron Wolfrick, and I'm going to have to get some protection for this yet-to-be-determined quarterback. And with my next pick, I'm going to take offensive tackle Stan Brock. He was an All-American in 1979, the 12th pick of the 1980 draft. Six-foot-six piece to add to my offensive line. Stan Brock is the real deal, and I got a funny story about him back when, uh, when I was part of the program. They used to have – at the very start of Bill McCartney's tenure, they used to have a varsity alumni game. And so the, the alumni would actually come in and suit up and play against the current team. Was that uh, like in the spring for like the spring, spring game? Ball, when, spring ball, okay. Yeah. And, and that was the, that was a spring game. They did that for a couple of years. And I think some of the old guys were getting hurt and weren't really in shape and the talent got better on the varsity. So they couldn't really do that. But I remember walking through the locker room in this behemoth of a, guy biggest guy i'd ever seen in my life and you know i'm i'm, I'm at cu so we got big that came walking around and, and we ran into each other and it was stan brock and he was still playing for the new orleans saints at that time and i still to this day was the biggest guy i'd ever seen in my life <laughs> and really was a, a fantastic uh offensive lineman and i think ho hopefully some of the newer people learn a little bit about him because he's one of the best offensive tackles in the history of this program we've had some good ones yeah. Where are you, where are you headed next? Well, I'm going to go the same direction and I'm going to get my uh, left side taken care of with Nate Solder, who I okay. think is probably one of the next best tackles. Did, did you consider the jumbo tight end package or was he a tackle for you all along? <laughs> well, you only get to pick one tight end. So, you know, you, you, you can't really do a jumbo tight end package because that kind of, in my mind, thinks you need two or three of them. I've got another curveball to throw here. But I'm going to go and take Mason Crosby, 307 career points, most in program history. He's actually the Green Bay Packers all-time leading scorer, too. That doesn't count. We're, we're drafting these guys on what they did at CU. Obviously, right. otherwise, I wouldn't have taken Rashawn Salam so early. But uh, he was a legend during his time at CU. You know when – I hate bringing up his name on this, but when Dan Hawkins got the job, Mason Crosby had just finished his junior year. Dan Hawkins – said, where, where's Mason Crosby in the team meeting, his first meeting with the team? He made Mason Crosby stand up and had a recruiting pitch for him. He picked out the place kicker, his first team meeting. And so that, that's how, how much of a legend Mason was with those, uh, you know, he kicked 70 yarders in practice. And it was, right. Those, right. that was early when I was on the beat. And it was just so fun to, to, to watch him. Well, you know, it goes back to our discussion about whether uh, uh, kickers should belong in our top 30 rankings or not. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of times they're your leading scorers, even, yeah. if, you have, even if you have a really good offense. So It's also one of those positions, there's quite a bit of a drop-off, I think, from, from the top guy. Oh, yeah, right. So, there, yeah, uh, I'm looking. I actually got the, career, the CU career leaders, record holders, board up here and so I'm looking at see who's listed as the leading kickers I'm kind of surprised to be honest with you Will Oliver's number two in score Will Oliver's number two yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever guessed that so <laughs> well you, you can wait on your your kicker now yeah so so yeah any, any position where uh you only you only need where, where you can only pick one player and you pick yours I can wait till later on so um I, at this point, am going to work on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm not sure who you're going to wind up as your receivers, but I need somebody to shut them down, so I'm going to take Dion Figures, 
who I All think right. is uh, arguably the best cornerback in CU history. All right. I like it. He was pretty high on my board as well. Looking back here, he was a first-round draft pick. And first first Thorpe Award winner, I think, for CU, wasn't he? Twelve career picks. You know, he's – one of those interceptions was, was a big one, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, to, to win the national championship to, to stop that game. That's a great call. The, the figures may be number one for Colorado after yeah. he picked off that pass. And you're just looking at our teams right now, like, you, you couldn't have messed this up. There's just – too many great guys in the history of the program. Yeah, it's remarkable to me how many really good players there are. All right, my next pick, I'm going to go to the secondary as well, but I'm going to take a safety. I'm going to take Dick Anderson, a consensus first-team All-American, a college football Hall of Famer, 14 career interceptions. And I got to, you know, this this shows how old I am, but Dick Anderson, so uh, I'm old enough to remember back in the 70s, so I'm, I was born in 1964, and back in the set early 70s, the only team in the NFL was the Miami Dolphins. And if you were a kid and you liked football, Miami Dolphins was the team because they had that undefeated team. Larry Zonka and Jim Kick and Bob Greasy and all those guys. But uh, I still remember that I knew who Dick And I didn't know he played at CU at that time. Okay. But Dick Anderson was one of the stars of that defense uh, for the Miami Dolphins and one of the great players in the NFL. So I think that's a fantastic pick. He's he's one of the guys I had at the top of my safety board as well. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction here as well. I like to be solid up the middle and, and on the defense. I'm going to pick Joel Steed at nose tackle. He right. played 10 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers in addition to being uh, the, the guy who held down the middle on that national championship team. Yeah, he's from Germany too. Yeah, he yeah he his dad was in the army. I I my first ever coaching job uh, was at Lincoln High School, and he was the star coming out of uh, Aurora Aurora Central High School, and they used him at fullback, and we couldn't stop him. That's awesome. Yeah, three hundred ten pounds. You just add a lot of beef to your your front there. And he he was really. I mean, he was a superior nose. I mean, he's he's what you need at the nose to run that defense. Uh, by, I think, easily the best nose tackle we've had at CU. All right. I'm torn between a couple of guys here. Again, you really can't go go wrong. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Joe Romick. You know, he also played linebacker, but I'm going to put him at offensive guard, two-time All-American. Only two players in CU history have had more votes for the Heisman Trophy than Romick. Crazy, with, isn't it? Played with broken bones during his career, a yeah. team captain. Size-wise, I don't. He's not fitting in in today's college football, but pound for pound, perhaps the toughest and strongest player in program history. Yeah, and a super guy. This is gonna sound. I'm gonna start sounding like Forrest Gump because I got a story about everybody. But no, it's my, great. My first job as a lawyer was as a product liability lawyer in North Carolina, and we would and we would go defend lawsuits. Uh, uh, we had companies that made parts for propane systems, and so when something would blow up, we'd fly out there, and our engineers would show up and all the lawyers would stand around drinking coffee and the engineers would go be engineers and then they'd come back and say, well, this is the part that failed. And then we'd be like, well, that's not our, that's not our company. And Joe Romick was my engineer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we had a lot of great conversations about CU football and what have you. And just a super smart, made me feel like an idiot. Just a super smart, really nice guy. And a, and a great, you know, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that he, how high he finished in the Heisman trophy voting and he wasn't a skilled player yeah linebacker and offensive guard shows you how much the game has changed all right so i'm up 
You you took uh, Dan Graham at tight end, right? This is correct. So I don't need to worry about that yet. All right. Well, I am going to uh, go back to the secondary, and I'm going to pick my other shutdown cornerback, our other first-round draft pick, CU Buff, which is Jimmy Smith. Okay. From more recent memory, and also been doing pretty good in the NFL. Once again, I'm torn between a couple of guys, but again, I don't think I can go wrong here. I'm worried about Cordell if he has too much time with the with Westbrook and Chenault out there. Uh, I'm going to take Herb Orvis. He ranks sixth oh, in man. program history in quarterback sacks, and that was a different era. You didn't have as many opportunities as a pass rusher back then. Right. He's a college right. football Hall of Famer, so he's going to be my def- one of my defensive ends. You going to go with a four man front? I think probably I still can make a decision there. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, he, r- right now, probably uh, three, four with Alfred Williams as an outside backer. Yeah, and her, you know, Herb Orvis was another first round draft pick. I mean, I, I was surprised to find out how many guys in CU history have been first round draft picks. I never would have imagined. Um, but if you're going to put a guy like that on the outside, I'm going to have to nail down that other tackle spot. And I'm taking arguably one of the best left tackles in the NFL today, David Bakhtiari. All right. I don't think there's a man that can chug two beers faster than David Bakhtiari. (laughs) He's very versatile. (laughs) Very versatile. And now that he says, see you, I get when, when he's interviewed, I guess we can like him again. There you go. All right. Well, you still, have an opening at receiver. So I'm going to go ahead and take a guy that's played more recently, and that's going to be Paul Richardson. 83 catches as a junior, incredible talent, suffered through some injuries, kind of like LaVisca, uh, but still, despite missing some action, he ranks seventh in program history in receptions, and he left early for the NFL as well. So those two guys, just very different receivers, but LaVisca and Paul Richardson, just two just generational type talents. Let me see where I am here. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go back a little bit in, in time and I'm going to finish my wide receiver picks with who I think is one of the best wide receivers in CU history and certainly one of the top NFL players in history is Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch, okay. Maybe one of the fastest guys that ever played for CU. And you know, I. Yeah, I actually had him high on my board. Uh, as If I wasn't going to get Wizard White as a punt returner, I was thinking right. about putting him in that spot. Yeah, he was super dangerous in that in that position. But I remember him playing for the Raiders all those years ago and how good he was, and that's uh, for them. I was going to take a receiver next, but now that you've filled up there, receiver, I can wait on that pick. Right, yeah. I'm going to go Andre Girard as an offensive lineman, consensus oh. All-American in 2001. I would argue best offensive guard in the history of CU football. Most dominant player I remember up front in, in my time for CU. Had a great career with the Dallas Cowboys as well. And let's see. Need to shore up this defense a little bit and start to get that put together. So I'm going to go at inside linebacker, a guy I remember playing and, and just being a, a really a stalwart from the, from the beginning, uh, starting as a freshman. I think he started as one of the as a either a true or redshirt freshman started every game. Ted Johnson at inside linebacker. All right, Ted Johnson is off the board. Big guy can run. Obviously, was a superior linebacker in the NFL for a long time. 
Back to me, and I'm going to keep filling up on this offensive line. I'm going to go, which is, which is strange because I figured it would be the opposite here with you. But I'm going to go John Wooten, offensive guard, first-team All-American and a college football Hall of Famer. Also just the second African-American to play at CU. CU led the country in rushing in 1957 with his help. And uh, that, that's the only time the Buffs have done that. So I don't know if people are going to be familiar with that name, but uh, hopefully they listen to this podcast and John Wooten became the name they remember because uh, he had quite the college career. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go back to the offensive line as well. I'm going to pick up Chris Nioli, who is uh, as dominant a big offensive guard as, as you could ask for as well, more recent. Nice. I like it. Okay. Man, there's some really good linebackers left on the board right now. That's amazing how many linebackers have come through this program. This maybe I don't know if this strategy is going to backfire on me, William, but uh, another curveball here. Ben Kelly is my kickoff returner. His 1,798 kickoff return yards are more than 400 more than any other buff in history, and his three return for a score are also a school record. Yeah, you've, you've kind of taken the top uh... – returners off the board i might have to i might have to use cliff branch in a different spot yeah you can move him if you want to but would you put he'd be at uh kickoff returner if you decided to do that well he was pretty highly ranked as a punt returner too okay so you have versatility there yeah let me look and see you know what he's not he oh he was number he's 15th all time in kickoff returns and sixth all-time in punt returns. So here's a threat either way. I am going to go back to the offensive line, and I'm going to pick the brother of your offensive tackle, um, who is also one of the great all-time linemen at CU. Pete Brock uh, was a first-round draft pick as a center. I think he – I can't recall. I think he was a few years younger – or a few years older than Stan. I think he was mid-70s he came out. And he was picked in the first round. Do you know what you're going to do with Cliff Branch yet? Because uh, your decision on that would impact my next pick here. Do I have to say? Isn't that like, you know, it's like. Well, you, but it's like a strategy thing. If you've got all your receivers locked up, does that make sense? Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm curious who, you, who, you, who you're looking at. I think there's two guys I'd be looking at still a wide receiver. Um, I think I'm going to move Cliff Branch to punt returner. Okay. Sounds good. So that opens up a receiver slot for you. And that puts me in a position where I feel like I've got to make this pick now. Mike Pritchard is going to be my next pick. That's the guy I wanted. Yeah, playing on teams that ran the ball roughly 82% of the time. He had 47 career receptions. His 26.4 yards per catch remained the best in school history for players with 30 or more receptions. And he was a high draft pick too. And I, I'll never forget the first the first game of that national championship season. Eric Bieniemy was suspended, and so they plugged in Mike Pritchard at tailback against Tennessee, and he ran for 200 yards. It was just awesome. an amazing, unbelievable athlete. All right. Well, how many wide receivers do you have now? We both have two. Your receivers, obviously Westbrook and Chenault. Mine are Paul Richardson and Mike Pritchard. All right. Well, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Charles Johnson then because I think he's the next best on the board. He was next on my board. And I think that's Charles S. Johnson as opposed to Charles E. Johnson, the quarterback. 
I got the initials right. It's the opposite. Charles E. Johnson is the uh, explosive receiver that averaged nearly 20 yards per catch at CU. Yeah, I think wasn't he a first round draft pick? It was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, you know he kind of got lost in the shadow of um, Michael Westbrook, I think, but he was every bit as good of a of a wide receiver and really made that 1994 team so explosive. It was crazy. We're going to add a tackle machine to our squad here. Barry Remington, inside linebacker, 493 career tackles. That pretty much uh, speaks for itself. Yeah, and I think, again, I think he's one of those guys that people don't remember all that much. My uh, general manager, Mr. Nippies, did not include him amongst our inside linebackers. He's the all-time leading tackler in CU history. And I think people forget about him because he didn't get drafted because he had that freak eye injury. Yeah. There's three there, – there, there were really four inside linebacker candidates on my board, and I don't think there's a ton separating them. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take one of them right now, and that's uh, Matt Russell, who uh, was our second Butkus Award winner. All right, Matt Russell is off the board. Yeah, he, he was actually next on my list. 446 career tackles, also fourth in program history in tackles for a loss. Next guy on my board is a corner, but I don't need to take him yet. I'm going to go back to the back end of my secondary. I'm going to take Cheeto Bay Awuzie. He was a very Swiss Army knife on defense, right. but I'm going to put him on the back end there with Dick Anderson. You're going to put him at safety? Yep. Yeah, there's he, a couple of guys right there listed that, that could play safety or corner. I'm going to go with the safety as well, and I'm going to take who I think is arguably the, one of the top safeties in CU history and Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis, semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award as a senior second-round pick in 2002. Big, fast, rangy safety. Really, really made a difference in the background, back of the defense there. We're getting to the nitty-gritty here. Right. I'm going to take a defense alignment here. Tyler Brayton, first-round pick in the 2003 draft, 152 tackles and 13 sacks during his time at CU. Yeah, he's one that I had forgotten he was a first-round draft pick until we started doing this. He's another one of those kind of forgotten guys that was so good. Yeah. And I am going to also go back to the defensive line and take another first-round draft pick, Leonard Renfro, who was instrumental in some of those fantastic teams of the early 90s. Big kid out of Detroit. He wasn't a guy I was that familiar with, and you start researching it, and he's kind of the definition of a forgotten buff. Yeah, I mean, you know, super dominant um, on the field. Really, you know, they kind of th think of uh, a much bigger um, Mustafa Johnson, just so quick and, and because of his size, really hard to handle. We're both needing – Another defensive lineman, and I need to get somebody with some beef on my D-line. I got some pass rushing ability there. I'm going to go Charlie Johnson, played at CU in the 70s, was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's see where I still need some guys here. Let's see. Well, this is a tough call. I need one more guy in a secondary, and I'm really torn. I'm going to go with Chris Hudson for my – other safety. He, I think he played both safety and cornerback at CU. I think he was a, a, a Thorpe Award winner as a cornerback, but I think his more natural position was at safety. So I'm going to take him for that second safety position. Okay. 
Chris Hudson ranks second in CU history with 15 picks. And by doing that, he foiled a plan of mine because, uh, yeah, I forgot that he played some safety. So he was the next corner on my board. We both have one more linebacker spot. It looks actually I've got two linebacker spots. Yeah, I've got one. So I need one more, one more on each side of the line and one more linebacker. And then I need my special teams running back and tight end. All right. I'm going to take Greg Beekert's 441 career tackles, third in program history. One of my favorite all-time buffs and just a fantastic linebacker. He played nose guard at Longmont High School. And uh, another another sort of inside story, I'm, we're the, the, night, the January 1st, 1990 Orange Bowl, so the one for the 1989 season. I'm back. I'm on the plane flying back with the team, and I can't remember which coach. I want to say it was Cabral, but I'm not sure if he was there yet. Whoever the inside linebacker coach was, telling me, you know, the guy. So I'm like, who are we gonna? Who's gonna uh, be our next big guy on defense next year? And he says, Greg Beaker. That guy's gonna play in the NFL. And I was like, what? And he had just finished his redshirt year, so he, and you know, he wasn't a highly recruited guy because he was a nose guard in in, in high school. And uh, I still remember that, that the coach told me, Greg Beaker, that guy's going to play in the NFL, and he sure did. Awesome. Great linebacker. All right. Let's see. I am going to finish off my offensive line with the most dominant offensive lineman from that national championship team in those two seasons, uh, Joe Garton. Two-time All-American? Yeah, unanimous the second time. And uh, sixth-round draft pick kind of didn't quite have the, the arm length to be superior at the next level, but he was dominant and one of the best offensive linemen in the country for a couple of years there. So I think he, he uh, is a guy that can really move people out of the way. Since you're putting Chris Hudson at safety, would you be opposed to me moving Cheeto Bay Wuze to cornerback? No, that's fine. Okay. Play both, right? Yep. He played yeah. – yeah, right. As a senior, he was. A, he played corner, safety, and nickel. Right. He's probably the most dangerous at nickel where they could really disguise a lot of stuff. Right. So with, with that move, I'm going to take my other safety. You already filled up there, but I'm going to do it anyways. John Stern's 16 career picks are most in program history. Also a standout baseball player and puncher right. in the early 70s. Was a four-time Major League All-Star. I was going to say, played in, played in the Major League Baseball for quite a while. Yeah, the the other guy I was looking at at safety. Now that we're both filled up, you're you're filled up at safety, right? Correct. Yeah, Mark Haynes was a first round draft pick. Yeah, for, for the Buffs at safety from back in the late seventies, just just right before my time. And then Don Donald Strickland was another one, third round draft pick. So we've we've you took Tedrick Thompson, didn't you? No, he's still on the board. Oh yeah, so I mean, look at the guys at safety. Mike Mark Haynes was a first round draft pick. Uh, Don Strickland, Dave McLuhan were third-round draft picks. Tedrick Thompson was a draft pick. It's just amazing that the talent and the depth of talent has come through this program. Yeah. All right. I am going to go with the other bookend from that national championship team and pick Canavis McGee. All right. Not as flashy as Alfred Williams, but every bit as uh, important to that to that team. And, in fact, played earlier in his career a lot than uh, Alfred did. I am going to 
take my final linebacker in one of my favorite buffs that I've covered, Jordan Dizon, 440 career tackles, a consensus All-American in 2007, and as good a person as he is a football player. Right. Nice. Such a good guy. Works for the Broncos now, was a firefighter before that. Actually did a Buff Stampede podcast with him. This is probably four or five years ago. And his wife was about uh, to have their second child. And, and he, she was about to go into labor. And he just wanted to sit there and talk, see you football. Just a great guy. Yeah, I remember that game where we beat what Oklahoma was ranked number, what, number three or number six or something like that. And, and he just had – I think he had 500 tackles in that game. It was, it was, it was the darndest thing. And you go back, so again, talking about the depth of talent in this program, look at a guy still on the board for linebackers. Chad Brown is still on the board. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rogers, who people probably forgot about, uh, was a, one of the big-time outside linebackers. Sean Tufts is still there. Brian Cabral is still there. Just amazing how, how much talent has come through this program. So, well, Abraham Wright, there's another one. I forgot about him. So I'm going to finish up my defensive line with another great big uh, defensive lineman who was a third-round draft pick in the 90s from New, from New Mexico, Darius Holland. He was ginormous, like 6'5", 330, ended up being a third-round draft pick out of Las Cruces, New Mexico. And by that time, I was in the Navy, and one of my best friends in the Navy had gone to high school with him, believe it or not. So you you said Mark Hay, Haynes was strictly a safety. See, I had him listed as a corner on my draft he was, board. He was both. Yeah, he was, he was both. both. Yeah. Okay. I think he moved to safety uh, more so in the NFL, but I think he was a draft pick as a cornerback. Okay. So I was going to take him as my other corner. He was, as you but, mentioned earlier, yeah. early uh, pick. Really? What's that? Did you already is, – uh, is you that your pick now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fifth highest drafted buff ever. Bo Matthews, Byron Wizard White, Michael Westbrook, JV Kane were the other ones that were higher. But uh, so my whole defense, I think, is complete now. Yeah, so is mine. So now we don't need to worry about strategy, except unless you want to worry about your punter situation. <laughs> well, if I got to take a punter, uh, let's take, I, I'm pretty sure who I want. But I there's, want to there's, there's two there's two guys here. Yeah. As punters or punt returners? Oh, uh, I was saying punters because we both have our punt returners. You've moved Cliff Branch there. I've got Byron right. Wizard White there. Looking at looking at the all-time leading punter in terms of average, I'm very surprised, actually. But um, curious who, who, who the two guys you're thinking of are. Well, I'm not going to tell you now. Right, I know. <laughs> i got to pick one. Um, he's not the highest ranked punter, but I think he's the best I've ever seen. And I'm going to go with Tom Ruin. All right. I don't think our team is going to be voted for or against based on these punter. Right. Picks, but right. who are the two guys you were thinking of? I'll tell you when I pick my punter. Well, you, it doesn't well, matter. I gotta, there's, there's a lot of suspense here and I just want to build it okay. with our audience. <laughs> I think the yeah the 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 other guy that I would pick would have picked was from my era. I don't know if that's who you're going to go with, but we'll see. It is kind of a, a sin here that Chad Brown is going to go undrafted, isn't it? I know, right? My God. 
just goes to show you the talent that we've had at linebacker in this program. Yeah. That we just maybe deserve some criticism on that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to take my last offense alignment, Jay Lewenberg, all American in 1991. Yeah. One of my favorite all time buffs and just a great, you know, he played nine years for the Chicago bears. So he had a heck of an NFL career as well. And then you look at so look at some of the guys that are left on the board. Brian Stoltenberg was a six round draft pick. Heath Irwin didn't get picked. Um, Mike Montler was an All American in 1968, second round pick by the Patriots. My, Leon White, better known as a wrestler, bull power. Leon White, he was a third round draft pick and just a dominant offensive lineman in the 70s. Yeah, Mark Concar, he was a first round draft pick as an offensive tackle. So just an amazing amount of talent in this team. Uh, all right, let's see. You let's see. You took your place kicker, right? I did, Mason Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. If you need a rundown here, you need a running back, a tight end. Yeah, I got a, a yeah. place kicker and a kickoff returner. Right. I guess I better take a kickoff returner. You took Ben Kelly, right? I did. You know, there's a, a guy on the CU team right now whose father was a pretty good kickoff returner. Yeah, but I'm not sure anybody remembers him. I'm looking at him right now. I, I, I know you're talking about Walter Stanley, and, and yeah. I still remember the day that uh, I think against Texas Tech, he had like 365 all-purpose yards receiving, punt returning, kick returning. One of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. Uh, to, me, it, to me, it's between him and Terrence Wheatley. I'm going to go with Walter Stanley. I'm going to go okay. with Walter Stanley at the, at the kick returner because he was just electric. Did it in the NFL for a long time, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should probably pick my quarterback, huh? That's yeah, kind, of, kind we're of an important – We're going to go with a passing offense. There's only one other guy, right? Well – does does it have to be a passing offense though? No, no, you can do whatever you want to be. I'm just saying, if if uh, if, if you're going to go one direction, there's a couple of guys. Well, the two guys that I are in consideration, and, and maybe I'm having a massive brain fart and forgetting an important person here, but to me, it's either Darian Hagen or Coy Detmer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what I would think too. It's a big drop off, drop off, unless you wanted to go with the leadership. Uh, and pick Cepho Lufo. Love Cepho. No offense. Yeah. He's not in the in the mix here. You know, I, I William, what I one idea I had with this, instead of like picking Rashawn Salam, I thought of drafting Darian Hagan and then drafting Bobby Anderson as my running back because oh, man. Bobby, Bobby <laughs> Anderson also played quarterback. Right. So right. I thought we could get really, really funky offensively with guys that were really versatile, but I didn't think I was, you know, we're going to throw this out to fans to vote on, and I didn't think right. the Bobby Anderson running back would be as sexy on paper as Rashawn Salam. Yeah. This is tough. I've uh, – Who are you going with? I've waited long enough, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Darian Hagan. All right. I, you know, best running quarterback in program history – 2,271 adjusted yards on the ground, 3,800 yards passing. Only guy, only guy in CU history, I think, to do uh, in one season 1,000 rushing and 1,000 passing, isn't he? 
And he's on, we did the CU Mountain Rushmore feature. He's on there. He, he can't yeah. be undrafted in this draft. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he was a, he, I, th- I, I still think he's the only guy to do a thousand and a thousand in the same year. And when he's second in the Heisman, he was year. up there. Yeah. He was up there second, multiple years in, in the Heisman. Or third. Well, and, you know, since we're, since we're doing that and guys, guys that cannot go undrafted, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, in my view, the best running back in the history of CU and the guy with the biggest heart and the most fire, Eric Bieniemy. Yep. That, you, that, guy, that guy was hands down, hands down the leader of that national championship team. I still remember I was in the Navy when we went for that national championship year because my last thing with the CU program was that Orange Bowl uh, at the end of the 89 season. And that following year, um, I ended up with a good friend. Uh, I got him turned on a CU football, and we got leave from the Navy on the weekend of the CU Nebraska game that year. And I was telling him, "We're going to kill these guys. We're going to kill them. We hate them. We hate them. Don't wear any red, man. Don't we bring any red?" And we ended up in a in a hotel room, and we wound up with these two young women who were from Nebraska, for God's sakes. And so, and early in that game, it was not good. Uh, Eric Bianmi fumbled four times going in the end zone, four different times. Right, and I said, "We got this. This this ain't a thing. This ain't a thing." And the girls were giving us a hard time. And Eric Bianmi scored four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, lifted that team on his shoulders, and and did that all by himself. The the guy was unbelievable. I never I've never met a guy. The only guy that comes close is Philip Lindsay in terms of the dog, the fight inside. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I got the best running back in program history. And we're not drafting a fullback, but uh, Lawrence Vickers, the guy from the history right. that we we need to mention there. Who are some of the other fullbacks that, that come to mind? Brandon Drum, and then George yeah. Hemingway was instrumental. We w- I don't think we win that national championship without George Hemingway at fullback. You know, yeah. and then you look at some of the running backs left on the board. You got uh, um, uh, Chris Brown, for God's sakes. Bobby Anderson, Phil Lindsay, uh, Billy Waddy was drafted, Lamont Warren, Rodney Stewart. Man. Bobby Purify was a good running back. Bobby Purify was another one. J.J. Flanagan. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> it just goes to show you the talent that's come through this program. Dave Logan didn't get re- picked, and he, he spent, what, 10 years with the Cleveland Browns, something like that, so – Am I, you're up, I think, right? I am. And this might be viewed as a, maybe a bit of a curveball. But when he finished his career, he was the Pac-12's all-time leading receptions guy. And, and that's Nelson Spruce, 294 career receptions, 19 catches in one game against Cal. His 23 touchdown receptions ranked first in program history. So we've got we got some different guys in that, that wide receiver room with P. Rich and, and Right. Richard and and I like Nelson Spruce's steadiness. So when Hagen is he's in trouble there, he's gonna he's gonna look for Spruce. Got a, got a guy he can find. I thought I thought you were gonna go with Jay McIntyre for your possession receiver. <laughs> I'm not gonna say one bad thing about Jay McIntyre or, or or Cody. I thought Cody was gonna be your quarterback. Come on, man. I'll, I'll tell you what. The way those two guys handled, uh, you know that situation. Absolutely. You know, the, the Cody Hawkins thing was really awkward, and you feel bad for Tyler Hansen, but that wasn't Cody's fault. And he was a good guy. He still he is was. a good guy. He still and has a Colorado area code on his phone. 
yeah, he's a good guy. And, and you know, anybody that says anything, anybody that says bad about Cody Hawkins, I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Because like you said, it wasn't his decision who played. And all he ever did was go out there and, and try hard and, and was just an always decent guy yeah. to everybody I ever talked to that, that met him. So, and then I'm going to, I, I got to pick a tight end here. And the, the there's only, there's, there's three tight ends in CU history, in my view. And it's, it's Dan Graham was obviously number one. And then it's J.B. Kane and, and Christian Fourier. I don't think a lot of people remember J.B. Kane because he died early. But I'm going to pick him because he, like you mentioned earlier, he's one of the highest pick buffs ever in history. He's a first-round draft pick. What, he like fourth or third in the draft, something like that, fifth? It was early. Yeah. And he, he was just – and that was the late 70s, and he was sort of the definition of the modern tight end at that age and then unfortunately died early, uh, or otherwise he'd be one of those legends, I think, of all time. So he's who I'm taking a tight end, and, and I, I feel real bad not p- picking Christian Fourier because he was one of my favorite players through the 90s, just a super hard-nosed tight end that you could really count on. Well, we're finishing up here with me picking a punter and you picking a kicker. Uh <laughs> Mark Marichel, uh, 2002 Ray Guy Award winner, 48-yard yeah. punt average is going to be my punter. Barry Helton, another guy there, a CU Hall of Famer, two-time concesses, first-team All-American. So that wasn't an easy pick, both those guys. Yeah, Barry, think- Barry, Barry Helton was instrumental in those turnaround teams for, for uh, Bill McCartney. He came in as a quarterback. He played quarterback for an eight-man school, Simla High School out on the Plains. Uh, Pekla probably knows that school. But uh, yeah, he was he he set every every high school quarterback record in Colorado football history, I believe, and then ended up being an All American punter here, very very helpful. And so I think it's kind of fitting that we close this out with me picking a kicker, for God's sakes. <laughs> which uh, well, the guy that you just put uh, high up on the top of's countdown. I'm going to pick so him. Are I'm you? picking him. I'm taking him. I'm taking the oldest player in CU history. I think. James Stefano. That's awesome. Is he curveball there? He's the only current buff, huh? I think I think he is, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good kickers that have come through here, but Mason Crosby's the only one anybody really is gonna remember, I think. So it doesn't yeah. make difference. I'm looking at the list of all time leading kickers and man, I remember all these guys. Will Oliver was steady, but if you look at Stefano's uh, kick percentage yeah, it's it's right there, and he's been dealing with injuries. You right. Know? right. If he yeah, had stayed well, healthy, I would have taken. I, Stefano was number two on my board as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look down. So the the top five guys in the history of kick scoring is Mason Crosby, Will Oliver, Jeremy Aldrich, Tom Field, and Eric Goodman. Anybody remember those guys? Ken Culbertson, I remember him. Man, he really tall, lanky kid. Funny. All right, well, let's recap the teams here. William, at quarterback, Cordell Stewart. At running back, Eric Bieniemy. At receiver, you have Michael Westbrook, LaVisca Chenault, Charles Johnson. At tight end, you went J.V. Kane. Your offensive line is Nate Solder, David Bakhtiari, Chris Nioli, Pete Brock, Joe Garten. Your defensive line is Joel Steed, Leonard Renfro, Canavis McGee, and... Darius well, Hollett. Yeah, I'm going with a 3-4, so my I, I would call it Joel Steed. 
in the middle, Leonard Renfro and Darius Holland at the tackles. Okay. You had Canavis McGee, Ron Wolfberg, Ted Johnson, and Matt Russell. Yep. And uh, cornerback Deion Figures and Jimmy Smith. At safety, Michael Lewis and Chris Hudson. Place kicker, the last pick of the draft, James Stefano. Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. Remember they used to do that? Punter is Tom Ruin. Punt returner, Cliff Branch. And kickoff returner, Walter Stanley. Hey, man, you better not kick to me. I got some boys back there. That's that's a pretty impressive team there, William. I'll give you that. All right. My team, quarterback Darian Hagan. Tough call between him and Coy Detmer, but Darian Hagan had to be drafted in this draft. Had to be drafted. Running back, Rashawn Salam. My receivers, Paul Richardson, Mike Pritchard, Nelson Spruce. At tight end, an early pick in this draft, Daniel Graham. My offensive line consists of Stan Brock, Joe Romig, Andre Gerard, John Wooten, Jay Lewenberg. Defensive line, Charlie Johnson, Tyler Brayton, Herb Orvis. Outside linebacker, Alfred Williams. My other linebackers, Barry Remington, Greg Beekert, and Jordan Dizon. At cornerback, I have Cheeto Bayouzier and Matt Haynes. At safety, Dick Anderson and John Stearns. Now, this is where my I, I put some risk into this draft by picking some of these guys pretty early on. The specialist, place kicker, Mason Crosby. Punter, Mark Marischal. Punt returner, Byron Wizard-White. And yeah. kickoff returner, Ben Kelly. Nice. I, you know, what, what strikes me is that we both had Cordell Stewart and Alfred Williams as our top two picks. Yeah. You know, it just speaks to their talent and, their, and, and the difference they make on teams. Very interesting. I'd be curious to compare our boards in terms of who we thought were right up there. Well, you got me in the passing game, that's for sure. And no offense to my receivers. They're obviously great players, but. Yeah. Plus, I got a couple lockdown corners, man. I like I like my pass rush ability. Uh, obviously, you've got good pass rushers, too. But, uh, yeah. We're, yeah, a, I'm, I'm huge up front. Huge on the offense. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. We could do it again and probably come up with entirely different uh, teams. This is kind of like the the Jeopardy in terms of the strategy. And early on, I was, you know, okay, what's he going to do next? What do I? What should? Who should I get before I lose him? You know, because there were some guys I wanted, uh, like Jay Lewenberg. I really wanted him, and uh, Beaker, Greg Beaker. So just a lot of fun. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the voting goes on this. Oh, and then, yeah, we, uh, and so then we, we, uh, Matt Nippies and I, we also felt like, uh, if, if us outside of, uh, Cordell and Alfred Williams, that the obvious next pick was Dan Graham at tight end. Yeah. Cause he's, he's such a weapon. Cause yeah, you're looking for kind of a separation of positions and that's definitely what went into me picking Daniel Graham so early. Because the next, you know, I, I love J.B. Kane and, and David Buck and, and uh, Christian Fourier, but Dan Graham's clearly, clearly the top tight end. It's just the same as Cordell Stewart at quarterback. It's, it's sort of funny to me that the, only, the one position, well, it's not funny, it's sort of tragic and sad, but the one position where we really didn't have that much talent and depth is quarterback. Every other place on the team, man, they just go down the list of, yeah. of guys. Man, I, we're, we are snake bit at that position. What, what type of tight end was J.V. Kane like? 
He was more of a receiver. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look up and, and get his size. Uh, and remember, this was he was from the 70s, so you know they were they weren't throwing the ball around like that. He was a seventh seventh overall selection in the 1974 NFL draft. 76 receptions, nine touchdowns in the short career that he had there. Six four, two and a quarter. So obviously a much different time back then, but you know, offensive offensive tackles back in those days were two seventy. Yeah. That's the thing too, like with picking Joe Romig, like he needs to be drafted in this draft, even though at his size back then he couldn't obviously line up today. But again, it's you've got to honor these guys that were just absolute studs in their era. Right. Well and there and there's so many of those guys, you know, like you talk about the Mount Rushmore of of CU football, right? And I don't know. I I, I think Eric Bianami's gotta be on there, but he's not but he didn't make it, you know. So how are you gonna pick four guys out of the history of CU football? Yeah. But maybe we should have drafted coaches too. That that's kind of a there's only one, right? <laughs> that that would probably would have been the number one pick, right? Right? Yeah, if we'd have had coaches, Bill McCartney and then oh man. I I, I probably would have I might have had to take Dan Hawkins just out of spite. <laughs> that would have lost you this whole draft. Right. They would have, I, I would have been booed off the board. You probably would have had to ban me for a while. <laughs> well, we also recently did uh, a Buff Stampede Radio podcast where we answered questions from fans. Recently did a couple of Buff, St- Buff Stampede film rooms. William, it was a lot of fun catching up with you. I think the draft is the highlight uh, of yeah, catching up here. That, that's probably the funnest thing. Uh, the Jeopardy was a lot of fun, but this was just a blast. And I hope everybody enjoys it. And, uh, hey, you know what? Throw your picks out there. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us who you would have taken. I, yeah. I'd love to see that. That was a great time. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hey, and and, and thanks to you, Adam, for being so creative and getting us uh, all this content, which I think has been fantastic through a tough time. It the you try to make a, a positive out of a negative situation, and it definitely gets you to be a little bit more creative. So, so right. it's been fun. Well, hopefully, there's football in the fall, and we can go back to actually talking about what's happening on the field. But if not, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna keep uh, staying creative with things. And one more shout out to my general manager, Nippy's Thirteen. Man, you really came through. Did a lot of work for me. I appreciate it. All right.